This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Glimsdell, and my guest this week is Jeff Toyster. Jeff is the author, consultant, and trainer who helps companies develop customer-focused cultures. He's written four books, including The Guaranteed Customer Experience, which we'll talk about here shortly. And he's got more than 500,000 people on six continents have ta- uh, taken one of his video-based training courses on LinkedIn Learning. And so much more. He, he's a, a man of many mysteries, which uh, we'll, we'll get into. But uh, welcome to the Breast One for Nick podcast, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me, Nick. And now I'm wondering what those <laughs> mysteries are. You got me thinking. Okay. Uh, you know, right. I, I'm just trying to pull it out through the conversation. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of mysteries, though, the one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning and is, what's one thing people might not know about Jeff? Ooh. Um, uh, Without getting into TMI, right? I think that's going to keep some of those mysteries. One one of the things that I really enjoy is the outdoors. And so a lot of my free time is spent hiking and exploring the wilderness. So uh, I know you and I can see each other, the audience can't, but behind my head is a, a picture of the Mesquite Dunes and Death Valley. And you had to do a bit of hike over some huge sand dunes to be able to get to that vantage point. So that's that's how I decompress, and um, that's that's one of the things I love to do: spending time outdoors. See, there it is, right there. A man of many mysteries. It starts Mystery right solved, there. right? <laughs> Where is Jeff? <laughs> yeah, we can we can complete the podcast right now. <laughs> so I want to dig into to the book, uh, the Guaranteed Customer Experience: How to Win Customers by Keeping Your Promises. And the first question I have for you is: What is a customer guarantee? So I think most of us are familiar with the, a guarantee. It's typically been pro- applied to a product or service. You know, this product will not break for a year, and if it does, we'll fix it. So that that's the basic model of a guarantee. And all I did was take that model and ex- apply it to customer experience. So now instead of this thing will not break, which is kind of table stakes, that's not exciting. The guarantee becomes you will have a great experience. And it gets even more specific around maybe a particular problem. So I'll give you an example. There is a, a chain of, of gas station convenience stores, mostly located in Texas, called Bucky's. And they do one thing that every other gas station convenience store chain has yet to figure out, which is they keep their restrooms amazingly clean. Each and every one. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but they framed a guarantee around this. So they advertise it and say, hey, we've got really clean restrooms. And then you show up. Guess what? The restrooms are amazingly clean. There's not a line. You feel great. And if they ever deviate from that, there's something wrong. There's always somebody on site to fix it immediately. And that's a big part of the guarantee, too, which is it's not enough to say, hey, we're going to do this. If you fail, you have to have a way to make it right. So that's an example of just applying the concept of a guarantee to a specific experience. 
Yeah, I love that. I, I can only imagine every time that I'm on the road and uh, with with my family, the first thing that we go to is we're, we're trying to find, they're like, oh, an hour in, two hours in, oh, we got to find the bathroom, right? Yeah. So if there was a Bucky's every hour on the hour, there was a, a, a Bucky's I would be stopping at because the, the family needs a clean bathroom. And that's the last thing you want to go to is a dirty bathroom at a dirty gas station. And so you've experienced this where sometimes it's like, oh, this is great. And then the same brand just down the road, horror show, or right. it's out of commission. I was traveling recently and I saw a billboard, not for Bucky's, but it, it advertised extra clean restrooms. Okay, let's see what you got. Spoiler alert, they were not extra clean. <laughs> it was did a it, huge did it letdown. Say, did it say extra clean compared to what we used to have? Maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe there's <laughs> an asterisk on the very bottom. You couldn't read it. I drove by too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you said Bucky's, they have a great uh, customer guarantee. So what makes a great customer guarantee? So there's, there's really three elements of an experience guarantee. And if you have all three of those elements in place, you're going to win business from your competitors and keep it. So the first element is a promise. That's really the, the, the most important element of a, of a guarantee is a promise that's intended to provide some sort of assurance. So Bucky's promise is we've got clean restrooms. Or if you order something from Amazon, their promise is we will get you blank, whatever it is, tomorrow, which is amazingly fast, right? Or Starbucks, we will get you a decent cup of coffee conveniently. So you can think about all the brands you like. It starts with a promise. The second step is action. You have to take action to keep that promise. That's what separates Bucky's, which has amazingly clean restrooms, from this other convenience store that promised clean restrooms failed to deliver. And, and that's where a lot of customers get burned in their experience. You know, you order something, it breaks immediately. You you uh, pay for something and it doesn't arrive. You know, the, the, all the different things, you, you schedule time off of work so the repair person can be there between one and four and they never show up. All these different promises that are broken are, are frustrating to customers and they betray trust. So you have to keep your promises. The third step then is recovery. And recovery means that try as you might, you won't be 100%. You'll never keep 100% of your promises. And so when something does go wrong, you have to be prepared to make it right. And by making it right, it's really restoring trust. And in the customer service world, particularly in contact centers, I think a lot of contact centers don't realize we're already at step three. Something went wrong. The customer now feels that the promises have been broken and they're looking for recovery. And, and so that's the snapshot of that experience guarantee, a promise, action, and recovery if something goes wrong. Every time I think of a guarantee, uh, I don't know when in my head, I feel like a, like a 90s movie of a guy with slick back hair at a used car dealership and he's got his hand on, on the edge of the side mirror. And he's like, man, I guarantee that this is the car for you. This is the perfect thing. And it's not going to break for 100,000 miles. So uh, there's there's a lot behind a guarantee. And, and I love those three steps around that. So are there perception, perceptive customer cautiouses uh, around money back guarantees? Because from a consumer's perfect perspective, I feel like there is uh, 
a, a gotcha or maybe an asterisk? So I think um, money, money back is the remedy. It's the recovery. What's more important is the quality of the promise that you're making. And, and so a good promise really does three things. It, one is it's valuable to the customer. So you, know, you mentioned the road trip experience. We have clean restrooms is valuable. We have unlimited soda, not valuable when you need a restroom, right? So the promise itself has to be valuable to the consumer. It has to be specific. And what does that mean? It means that you'll have a great experience. I have no idea what you mean by that. But there was another book, uh, another company I wrote about called Armstrong Garden Centers. And their brand promise is gardening without guesswork. In other words, they'll take someone like me who accidentally has killed a lot of plants <laughs> and turn me into a competent gardener. It's very specific. The third one is realistic. It has to be a promise you can keep. So the used car person who's saying, this car is the best car you've ever driven. It'll last for 100,000 miles, knowing it will break down as soon as you drive it off the lot. That's yep. not a great promise. But on, on the other hand, if I make you a promise that I know I can keep, that's realistic. And that is, is what uh, really creates trust for our customers. So it, it's the promise is more important. Money back is just a remedy that might be the most appropriate remedy if you don't keep that promise. Yeah, I love that because there's not just a money back guarantee. So how do you ensure, because you mentioned the promises that are kept. So how do you ensure promises are kept? Well, the big picture is you have to monitor them. And I think that's where a lot of companies fail, right? We, we have to know what promises we're making. And then we have to monitor how often those promises are kept and how often they're broken. You know, I, I'm a big fan uh, of TriMet, which is the public transportation system in Portland. And a little over a year ago, I got a chance to tour their command center. And it's amazing because they have miles and miles of light rail, buses, they have a trolley system. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible how many people they move around the city and how they do it efficiently. But in their command center, they have 20 to 30 employees working. They have multiple video screens, monitors, et cetera. And they are in real time monitoring how each route is doing. They're looking for and anticipating problems, and they're providing that data real time to a host of places, whether it's their website, their app. They have a, a feature where you can text your stop number. They'll tell you the next bus that's coming and when to expect it. They also work with third parties. So this is a very complex system, but what they're doing is they're monitoring for broken promises and then adjusting when something goes wrong. Now, you don't need something that complex, but what you do need to do is have some system in your organization to monitor for broken promises. So I'll give you a simple example. I have a weekly email. It's called customer service tip of the week. One tip via email once per week. And I subscribe to my own email. And the reason I do is every now and then, even though something looked great when I created the email and scheduled it, when it comes out on the other end, there's something wrong. And by being my own customer, I see it in real time exactly how my customers and subscribers see it. And hopefully I can spot any problems before anyone else does. 
So your monitoring system could be big or small, but you need a monitoring system. I like what you just said at the very end there was you kind of are your own customer. You, you subscribe to your own email to make sure that it looks right and that it comes out according to what you thought it was going to look like. There's a lot of times, and you go back to the contact center or any other customer service or customer experience um, company, and a lot of times they don't eat their own food. And, and they say, this is what the customer wants, maybe without asking them for one on the front end, and maybe on the back end, they don't, they implement it and don't actually try it on their own. They don't dial their 1-800 number and see what it's like or the painful experience it is to go inside their IVR and wait on hold for 30 minutes. And so I love the fact that you actually are going through that process, even though it's, it's something small and it takes an extra few minutes, but now you know what your customers are feeling and, and, and thinking. And it's a big critical step for empathy. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned IVR. That's a, it's a great example because I, I wonder how many companies have really thought about their interactive voice response system and have gone through that process. And, and it, it's an example, I think, of a, a fundamentally broken promise where, okay, I promised that this product or service will work. Okay, now it doesn't, or I have a question. So now I need help. And the phone for customers has become a channel of escalation. In other words, it's not a first contact channel. It's a second contact. I didn't find the answer on the website or I, I went to social media, I didn't find it there. So now I'm calling because it's more urgent. And then we get an IVR system that instead of makes, making it easy to connect with the right person, it was the first thing the IVR tells us after the, the regular garbage, you know, your call's important, this may be recorded. Hey, did you know we have a website? Of course I know you have a website and I couldn't fix the problem. And now I'm here, human, human, human. So instead of making the recovery process painless and restoring trust, most of the time IVR is making the issue even worse. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah. And you said it also when it comes to calling in, it's usually the second channel of choice. And when it comes to inter interacting with customer service, it's because something broke. The, the customer experience was flawed, which is okay. We're all, all going to break uh, and something's going to go wrong. But what happens if you don't fix your broken promises? And that's when you lose customers. Because you're at a critical moment 
where trust has been broken, you've given customers a reason to actively seek out a competitor. Now, on the other hand, if you can restore confidence and recover, you might have a better chance of retaining that customer's loyalty. So that is truly a moment of truth where you're either pushing a customer out the door or you're enhancing loyalty. There there aren't a ton of neutral customer service experiences when it comes to contacting a contact center. Yes, you you just mentioned how how you recover from a broken promise. Maybe maybe tell me more about that. I think one of the fundamental misunderstandings that people in the customer service profession have is that it's enough to say I'm sorry or do the thing. You know, my shipment's late. Okay, we'll find where the shipment is. And that's not what really matters. What really matters is understanding the problem that your customer was originally trying to solve. So I'll give you an example. I had shipped some books to a client in Canada and they did not arrive. So that's a broken promise. I had a tracking date and they didn't show up when they were supposed to. And that's a downstream promise because my client's expecting the books as well, right? So now we've got some issues. And, and it's the book, the guaranteed customer experience. It is. It's, so it's very meta, right? <laughs> it's a little ironic. So recovery for me, the person sending the books, is not tracking the order. I had to call customer service multiple, multiple times with the company that's shipping the books. And each time they kept trying to find the books or, well, we can't find them. And I kept explaining to them, that's not the problem I'm trying to solve. What I'm trying to solve is to get those books in the hands of my client, whether it's the particular order we're looking at or a brand new one, doesn't matter. Books to client, that's the problem. And I think a lot of times customer service, we so are so focused on the transaction or the thing, we ignore the problem the customer's trying to solve, even when the customer tells us directly and emphatically, this is what I need to do. Is it because they're so busy and they're running so fast that they're just trying to solve problems instead of solving the root cause? That's a big part of it. Time pressure definitely constrains our ability to focus and empathize with others. Other reasons, certainly it is the way the workflow is set up. So everything is based around a case or a ticket or a transaction. And so that's what we focus on. The third is our quality standards that we use to evaluate. You know, a lot of times uh, customer service agents aren't given the leeway. I, I had a fun conversation at the post office today where I said to the person, I bet you're going to ask me if I want any gift cards or stamps. And she laughed and she said, yes. And I said, I bet you have to ask me, even if I already said I don't want them. And she said, yes. And then she said, do you want any gift cards or stamps? And we both had a good laugh. But that's the challenge is we constrain people and, and prevent them from truly understanding customer needs because they have to stick to that script or that guideline. Yeah, this is the way we've always done it. Yep. It's, you, uh, if you want to get 100 on that, on that uh, monitoring score, you have to keep doing it that way. Yeah, exactly. So you have this book and it's called The Guaranteed Customer Experience. And everybody talks a good game on guarantees. So what sort of guarantee do you have with this book? 
Well, and I appreciate you you mentioning that. Uh, I, and Nick, I know that's a sly move because I know you've read it. <laughs> uh, on page five, I think I think as I think you have to to eat your own food. And on page five, I put a guarantee in for the book. And, and it, I'll paraphrase, but it, it essentially says that if you read the book and you apply the model and you don't win and retain more customers, then you can book an hour one-on-one with me and we'll get you unstuck. And there's a link that goes directly to my calendar so people can book that time. And I also have a, a customer support hotline in the book. I have my personal phone number. You can call or text. And I also have my email that's my personal email. You can email me. So I want readers and I invite readers to contact me if they get stuck. And then I put that guarantee in there to back it up. Man, I, I love that because everybody has a guarantee. You talk about guarantee, but you're putting your money where your mouth is. And literally, I mean, your time is your money. And so taking an hour of your time and saying, do what I am saying in this book and you're going to have success. You're going to have a better experience. Your customers are going to have a better experience. And that, that, means, that means a lot because yeah, I joked, uh, um, there was Tom Brady, side story. Tom Brady sent out a message on social saying, hey, here's my personal phone number. Feel free to text me. And the whole goal, right, was to have him gain a bunch of people via text so then he can promote whatever he's about to promote. But he said he was going to message every single one of these people. And I'm thinking, I'm going to pull shenanigans on this. And so I signed up for it and I waited and I waited. And then I got an automated message like, hey, he's super bogged down. It's going to be an extra 48 hours. Didn't hear nothing. The day of the Super Bowl or the NFL draft, what was that just this weekend? I get a message saying, hey, I'm going to be here at this location. Feel free to check me out. And I'm like, dude, that was three months ago. Where is my personal message that you guaranteed? So there's two, and, and I'm not going to knock on, on Tom Brady just because he's uh, played at Michigan. But uh, Tom Brady, yes, he's a great football player. But if you're going to promote a promise, stick to your promise. Unlike Jeff Toyster, who is going to put his text or his phone number personal and his personal email and you're not going to get an, an assistant you're going to get jeff uh that is the difference between what you say you're going to do and actually doing what you say you're going to do and you know it's an interesting example with tom brady because we could we could guess a little bit something tells me he might not have been fully aware of that promotion and Let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he's the goat, right? He's the greatest quarterback the of all time. We want to think good things. Let's let's imagine he's he wasn't fully aware. Maybe he was, but well, just for the sake of this discussion. Yeah. One of the challenges in customer experience are all of the partnerships, the employees, the different links in the chain required to make those promises, but also keep those promises. So someone said, "This is a great idea," and then someone set it up. And maybe somebody else was responsible for monitoring that or not monitoring that and didn't think through the impact on the, on the customer. And often when we dissect those types of things, we find multiple people were looking narrowly at one thing and we're really thinking about the customer impact or how it would affect their experience. Yeah, you mentioned that 
going back to monitoring the the the, yeah. the experience, right? So you talked about the money back guarantee. You talked about the the guaranteed customer experience. So what happens if you don't monitor it? What happens if there is this 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 marketing team is saying, "Hey, we're going to create this promo and don't actually maybe tell." customer support. Hey, we're going to throw this out. So there might be an abundance of callers coming. Uh, that's just one example. But what happens if you don't monitor customer experience? So that you, you gave a great example where now we're not on the same page. Marketing promises something. Operations can't deliver. Customer service gets hammered for it. You, the short answer really is you, you lose customers because when promises are broken, trust is betrayed. And when you don't monitor that, you don't find ways to fix it, you keep breaking those same promises. And now you have a pattern that customers recognize, and it's not a good one. And when customers know, oh, this company doesn't keep its promises, then the mood changes. It changes from, hey, I think this is going to be a great experience, and it probably will be, to I know they're going to screw up. And I'm going to spot it. And then I'll tell people about it. And, and that's, I think that's a big challenge for companies is failure to monitor just those basic, basic promises. It has a multiplier effect. You, you not only lose customers, you lose word of mouth advertising. You spend more money on servicing. And there was a study that, that I read a number of years ago, even customers that, that don't leave your company, when they're upset, and that you've betrayed their trust, they find other ways to punish you, whether it's doing less business, posting negative reviews online, you name it, they will find a way to punish you, even if they don't leave entirely. That is 100% true. Uh, so Jeff, I ask every guest two questions. And the first question is, what book or person in customer service or customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year? And then uh, the second one is if you could leave a note to all the customer service professionals that's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m., what would it say? Well, let's go with the first one. Uh, the list is too long, um, so I'm always going to leave people off. But there's two people specifically that uh, helped me with the book itself, the guaranteed customer experience. And so I, gotta, I have to give a shout out to them. So one is Denise Leon, and I think she's been on your podcast. Yes. I remember uh, probably six months before I started writing the book, it was still an idea. And I was having coffee with Denise, who's a friend of mine. And, and she was one of the first people I, I shared this idea with. And I'm like, I'm not sure. And for your listeners who don't know Denise, she's one of the greatest thinkers out there when it comes to branding and, and really fusing your, your brand and culture together. So this mm -hmm. is someone whose opinion I really, really respect. And she smiled and she said, I think you should go for it. This sounds like a good book. If, if she had not said that, if she said, well, that's good luck. I mean, that's what you <laughs> want to do with your time. I don't know if I would have written it. So yeah. thank you, Denise. Uh, another person uh, that I gave a shout out to in the, in the book is another friend of mine, uh, Leslie Oflahaven. And Leslie is the customer service writing expert. And I was stuck as writers sometimes get stuck. And I have a great editorial team. But there was some issue I just I couldn't get past. And I shared a chapter with Leslie and we talked through it and she gave me so much of her time and she helped me get unstuck. And the rest of the book went so much better because of that. So Denise and Leslie, thank you. You're awesome. And I'm indebted to your friendship. 
Now, the second question is, you know, give people one thing, one thing to write in that letter. And it's funny you mention a letter because there's an exercise that I've, I've loved doing for years to help people discover that one thing. And it's called the thank you letter exercise. So the one thing, if you had one quality, I think it's intent. It's the intent to create a good experience for your customer. And so the exercise is imagine that you did an amazing job for a customer and they were so happy that they were moved to write a thank you letter. And what you do is you actually write that thank you letter that you would hope to receive. And so if you're listening, write your own thank you letter, put it on your desk. Now, the magic happens when you read it once a day for three weeks at the beginning of your shift and try to earn a real version of that letter. It's an incredible exercise and it's a lot of fun. That was uh, sound advice. I, I, uh, I think it's something every, every customer service representative should do tonight uh, for their first shift in the morning. And, and, and yes, Denise and Leslie are, are rock stars in the industry and everybody should go follow them as well. Uh, Jeff, what's the best way for my listeners to connect with you? Well, we already mentioned my contact information is in the book. If you but you got to buy the book. You got to buy don't. the book to get. I'm not sending his phone number or email address out. You got to buy the book first. You know, the funny thing is, it, it, if you Amazon, you can preview the first few pages of the book. <laughs> it's in the preview. So I'm giving people the cheat code. You just go to Amazon and preview it. But if you go to guaranteedexperience.com, uh, you'll find my contact information there. You could download the first chapter and find my contact information. <laughs> I am really, really easy to connect with. So you're right. We haven't given it out on air, but one extra step and you have my personal information. One extra step. Or you could just buy the book, The Guaranteed Customer Experience, How to Win Customers by Keeping Your Promises by Jeff Toyster. Uh, go online and also uh, take a peek at his LinkedIn learning courses. He's got a a bunch out there. He's he's killing it in, in customer service and customer experience. But I uh, highly recommend you take the time and, and get this book. It's a, it's a, it's a good read. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it and look forward to your, the success you have with this book. Nick, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.